This is the A to Z podcast. Zach Jackson, Andre Knott, at Akron Jackson, at Dre Knott on most of your favorite social media platforms, at A to Z podcast.com and at facebook.com slash A to Z podcast. If you've listened before, you know we get wound up. We venture into mature slash immature subjects and say four-letter words. So if that's not for you, um, please come back at another time or put earbuds on. We don't want anyone to listen uh, to get in trouble for listening to A to Z. Our longtime sponsors are Seen, The Honeymoon Grill, and American Fireworks. They are all dealing with their current circumstances. Um, support them in any way. Again, that's Seen. Honeymoon Grill and American Fireworks. Again, if you've listened, you know they've been great to us. They're all local, and um, you can look at what they're going through. Dre, I wanted to throw this out there um, on Twitter, but I think this is for later in the week, guys. If you know someone, some business, some group, some way to help, and if you're in, if you're fortunate enough to be in a position to help, uh, we'll share it. So it, it, I don't have them in front of me right now, but tweet us, email us, whatever it may be. Uh, and we're glad to get it out there. And because um, I think, you know, just doing one good deed can go a long way. And if there's anything to come out of this that's positive so far in this this strange, uncertain world, it's that, you know, you some of the good deeds have been highlighted. And even the ones that haven't been highlighted, I think people that have really responded to to help their neighbors or, or to help more than their neighbors. Yeah. I mean, I think this these moments show you no matter how much money you make or don't make. Um, you really do need a community to try to hold you up and keep you together. Um, these next couple of weeks are going to be interesting for everyone, for all involved. And it's going to be very curious to see how companies uh, step up and do their part. But you're right. If there is someone out there that's doing something that, that needs to be talked about or brought up, um, this is a place that would love to do it. I think the one thing that well, hopefully we'll be able to laugh at maybe in you know five months, six months, a year, is you don't realize how many companies you bought stuff through or maybe whether it's a gift for a wife or girlfriend or friend or buddy. Um, and then all of a sudden you get email. Like all I've got yes. for like the last week, week and a half <laughs> is emails from every company I've ever given a credit card number to let me know what's going on or what, you know, or let them know how they're helping out or letting them know that they're worried about you during this time point in time. Like you, if you're worried about me, send me a hundred dollar uh, check, send me a hundred dollar uh, uh, gift card. We cut, right, we cut the shit here on easy. We get right to the facts. Yeah, man, give me some money. You, you feel bad for me? I got a way for you to make me feel better. Yeah, it's like Nike. Like you know, like they're telling you, like Nike. You're giving. I'm giving. Like my kids don't get as much from me as uh, as, as Nike does. And then Nike tries to make everybody feel better last week with it. Hey. We're gonna give you twenty five percent off till Sunday. It's like, yeah. dude, you can give me eighty percent off right now, and I can barely buy anything. You dicks. No, <laughs> I'm glad you said that. Now, please understand, guys. They're not trying to aggravate you. It's their lawyers doing them what they're told to do. Um, I was joking. You know, I, I did go to honeymoon on Saturday. Got got breakfast to go. Uh, just eerie because you pull up there on a Saturday, and if you're not there by seven o'clock, it's packed. Well, instead, I pull in the drive through, and right. I'm second in line. You know. Um, Right, right. Some of these other places, you know, you're on the email list and they're like, uh, you know, hey, we're open for carry out. We'll, we'll do curbside. We'll support you, whatever. By the way, it's three for $15. And I'm like, take my $15. I'll have all three. <laughs> right, 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 right. I know you go back and forth on what a deal is and if it's important, if it's not important. Um, that's just like the PlayStation 4 conversation in my house. I should have never brought it up because now my kids every morning are like, so we get in that PlayStation 4, when's that thing in the mail? And, like, on one hand, I want it bad. On the other hand, I've, had, I've gone out of my way since I've had kids not to, like, keep up with video games and just 
It's one of the things that I just erased out of my life once I start having kids. But now that we got all this time, I'm like, well, <laughs> it might be time right. to get back in the gaming systems. And, uh, and, and I saw my nephew and my son play when we were in Arizona, and it was like this cool moment. And I don't know, and, and I'm sure other parents will be able to hit this, or other dads maybe. Because um, I think I think my dad did this with me with certain things. I don't know, but with AJ, like there's certain things like you like when with your own son, you want to be able to you play catch with them. You know, you do certain things, but it's kind of cool to see them learn other crap that you don't want to like. Like you want to watch them play like with video games. I don't want to be the dad that's sitting there teaching my son how to play Madden. Just not my thing. My dad didn't teach me how to play Madden. I learned amongst my friends. I learned with my uncles and older cousins, um, and and you know, and that's how it was. But I got to say, during spring training, and spring training is such a – it's a distant memory, but it's not a distant memory. But it was really cool to sit and watch my 22-, 23-year-old nephew kind of try to teach AJ how to play 2K, how to make him – how to play Madden. And he had the he, – he had the patience that I don't have as a dad. When, and, I, and you'll learn this as a, as a dad. Like, like, man, I've already had to teach this dude how to wipe his butt. I've had to teach this dude how to wipe his nose. I got to tell this dude to put his shirt on the right way. I got to teach this dude how to tie shoes. I got to tell this dude to put on socks that match. So by the time he gets the video game, I ain't got the patience. <laughs> like, like, I ain't got the patience to tell him what the speed burst button is, what the pass button is, how to take the ball from the opponent. I ain't got the patience for that. But my nephew did, and I got to sit back like 15, 20 feet behind him. And it was, for me, it was one of these cool moments because I can remember when my nephew was, I don't know, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, and me being 10, 15 years older than him, you know, me teaching him how to play the video games, and I'm sitting there watching him teach AJ. And at first, AJ had no clue. And, like, I had to go to work. And I remember walking out the door and Jen looking at me, and I kind of shrugged and laughed because, like, I'm like, I got to go to work. And and, I, and I'm thinking to myself, Darius, who's my nephew, I'm like, dude, that's the hardest job in the world. I would never want to teach five-year-old AJ how to do anything because once he gets, the, you know, in basketball, like, once he got the ball, he didn't want to pass. And by the time I got back, Darius had found a way and figured out a way to teach AJ how to play NBA 2K. Now, he wasn't great, but he knew how to pass. He knew how to shoot. He knew which team was his. And suddenly, he became addicted. And I remember Jen and I were laughing, and she was just like, I know this person, and I've already dated and married him. We can't have this with our son. So we, like, laughed about it, you know, during spring training. We're like, all right, spring training, you know, we'll take the rules off on video games. He can play video games. He can hang out with, with my nephew. Well, obviously, spring training gets cut short. We all rush to get home. And then this morning we wake up to AJ looking at me and he goes, Dad, can I get your phone? I want to play Sonic. And I'm like, dude, you got to do, you got to do schoolwork. You can't just start today doing video games. And he's like, why not? We're not going to school. And I shrug my shoulder and go, yeah, go ahead, play Sonic on my phone. And then he goes, when's that PlayStation coming, man? We got to start playing basketball. <laughs> and I look over at my wife and I'm like, he makes a good point. We ain't got shit to do. <laughs> so I feel like I was a little ahead of the game. Um, I have played one quarter of 2K ever, and that's the most I've played in Xbox. Like, I've just been out of the video game business for that long, right? Right. Um, but about four years ago, give or take, I was at my parents' house going through my personal stuff looking for – it must have been a picture or something. Maybe it was a – I, I don't know. But, you know, basically have about six or eight boxes of stuff or Tupperware containers, whatever they may be. It's kind of tucked away in a closet over at my parents' house still because I can't be trusted with anything, as you know. So – in case it's important or it's something I might want 20 years from now, you know, it's all in there. So while I was looking for whatever it was, I opened up this box thinking it was the one. Dre, and it was this box that had about six or eight Sega games in it. 
And there was one uh, controller. There was no system, but there was or NBA Jam. There was a couple of the NHL games by EA Sports, which were the shit. There was a Sonic the Hedgehog and something else. So I was intrigued. And I was telling my good friend, who's been my one of my best friends since I was 10, and he lives on the other side of the lake. And he was like, well, let's do it. So we got on eBay as we talked about it, and we bought a Genesis for like $22. And three days later, it showed up. That's awesome. And we put it in his garage. And basically, you know, the garage is kind of the adult hangout, right? And it just was back there on this right. little TV. Didn't need any special adapters or anything because the TV was as old as the system. And there was a game that wouldn't work, or sometimes the game would freeze. But, like, you would do the old school blow in it, right? We would go back every right, week or right. so and make sure the dust and just everything that goes on in the garage wasn't affecting it. And we would play every now and again. We'd play hockey. And so then he went on and bought one of his own. And so I've had one sitting in my living room. And I haven't played it a ton. And the save game capability doesn't really work because the games are 25 years old. So, so And I'm not right. like psycho obsessing over it to where I'm going to leave it on. But over the last week, I've played triple play baseball. I've played Bill Walsh college football. I've played three different versions of the hockey game. I've played Coach K college basketball. Like, we've had it. Um, another of my buddies played it one time, and he bought, like, the newer Sega. So he's been having some troubles with getting some of the older games to work in his new system, but he has them, and we're doing a trade-off like we're 10 years old again. Like, for two weeks, you can have my golf game if I can have your right. baseball game. And so, you know, yes. it's, it's something to do. I did some radio yesterday, and um, as I went to get done, the, the guy that was hosting said, hey, so what are you binging? What are you watching? And I said, honestly, nothing so far because I had free agency this week, so I had some things to kind of keep me busy right. between that and getting out and walking and uh, playing Sega. Like, I haven't really dove into anything TV-wise. So, really, if I've binged anything, it's NHL 94, and I think I'm one of the best in the world. Blades of Steel. Yeah, I gotta, I'm gotta. i going to have to go through a box. There's a box out of my basement that I'm going to have to mess with to see. Um, I just, like I said, seven years ago, eight years ago, I just I just stopped playing video games altogether. Yeah. And I remember seeing a Sega, like I remember seeing a Sega Genesis at your house and thinking to myself a couple times, I wonder what it would be like to turn that thing on. Um, but you know what? You, you haven't been, you haven't been, what's the word I want to... You haven't been ravaged by all the new techniques and sounds and whistles of the new game systems that you can get away with still playing that Sega and, no, and it won't bother you. Right. Once you play these other game systems and they move the way they move and do all the crap that they do, um, it's hard to go back. But I think you're at the perfect stage where you just don't care because you haven't even seen it. <laughs> no, the, the little that I've watched, my friend's kids uh, are, are, you know, play 2K. And the, the detail is amazing. You know, the, the broadcast. Yeah. I mean – one of them was playing against the Pistons, right? And so some obscure players on the Pistons that I know from watching them in college, like every detail of their facial features up on this game, right? Right. And I'm like, like Luke Kennard. Yeah. Yeah. They got... <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, this is just, this is just insane. So, so good for them. Um, it really, hey, shout out to all you parents that got kids that are video heads and you're trying to manage their time. But some days you just got to let them play because there ain't shit else to do. Right. Like, right. Oh right. man! Well, it's a, well, for I would say four kids because I keep going through this. Like I go, you know, obviously I got a seven and a five year old, and you know, and they're they're cool. Like right now, as we do this, my daughter's on my, one of my computers. She's doing her work. She's doing her first grade work on our on our computers, which is amazing. My son, who's going crazy as hell, he's the one that's. Uh, I mean, we love him, but he's got more energy than anybody on this block. So we have this deal, and we're not going to put it on Instagram like everybody else. Um, but we call it the twenty fives. 
Um, you know, 25 sit-ups in the morning, 25 push-ups uh, in the morning. Uh, we do planks and do 25 jumping jacks. And then at lunch, do 25 more of each. And then before dinner, do 25. And it was a way to do math. It was a math. It was a way to do math with Isabella last week. And it was a way to keep AJ just busy so he wouldn't drive us all insane. Um, so this morning, he had planks into it. He's like, we should do planks, too. And I'm just like, who the hell taught him the word plank? <laughs> where did where is he, where is he learning this shit? So, so we did our 25s this morning. And uh, and then Jen's working on stuff, like, even though her job is, is stopped right now, which is crazy. That's the crazy thing. Neither one of us are working, and it's kind of like um, we're waiting for the other shoe to drop. Away. I mean, she probably won't work for a while or have people that are working for her for a while. Yeah. So that's it's been a bit of a distraction. But for having a five and a seven year old, I, we had to talk about it the other day. We're like, we're actually not in that bad of a situation. Um, AJ and I, we almost have like our, our, our Olympics. Not only do we have to sit up push ups, uh, planks business and jumping jack business, but we got the um, we got a ping pong table that he's not ready to play on just yet. But it gets swing like he he knows. How, I'm just helping his hand eye coordination. But I've got a pop a shot basketball thing. So when he just is going ape shit and losing his mind, I'm like, all right, dude, let's go play basketball. Let's go kick a soccer ball. Let's go do this. But I thought about it, man, if you were 16 or 17 and this was going on, like what would be the worst age now that we're at the age that we are, what would be the worst age to be cooped up with your parents? Would it be like 20, be like 19, 20? I think it's at 18 to 22. I think it's at 18 to 22. 17 to 22. Because you think you've got shit figured out. You don't. But you think you do. Right. Right. And like, and you do have to some level, some life of your own. Right. Like. For and sure, now, for sure. all of a sudden, you're at home, mom and dad, <laughs> brother, sister. Right, and I can't leave, <laughs> and you can't leave, and you're back on, like, high school rules, right? <laughs> like, like, yeah. Back, like, you cannot leave. Like, it would drive me, it would, it would I, yeah, I think 17 to 22 is it. Well, the other one is this, and I, and I don't know about, and I'm sure we have people out there like this, and even if you're married now or if you're single or whatever else, Everybody had that girlfriend at 20, when you were 20, 21, you know, your college girl or the first girl you kind of moved in with, or you kind of were like, you know, you messed around with. And I know there's a bunch of dummies <laughs> that are out there and I'm sure we'll hear from some of them. They won't cut, they won't tweet because people can read it, but we'll get text messages, you know, where this first came down and they were like, you know what? I like this girl. I think I'm going to go stay with her for, I, I'm going to stay with her during the quarantine. <laughs> And after about three days, <laughs> and then after about three days, you're like, I can't stand this. <laughs> like, like I'm telling you, there's gonna be some bad. Like, this is gonna be over with. There's gonna be some people that are never gonna talk to a girl or guy they've been talking to for a long time. Well, I, I saw, guarantee it because I remember. <laughs> I saw a tweet a week ago or something that said, uh, and who knows if this is true, but it was a great, it was a well executed line either way. It said, you know, my husband is taking this hard and, and he hasn't smiled in a week. But today I came around the corner and I saw him laughing hysterically. I asked him what's so funny. And he said he saw a survey of 100 Chinese uh, couples that had just come out of quarantine and 88 of them were getting divorced. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I saw that too. I saw that one, yeah. I could totally see that. Totally get it. Totally. So you have it. All right. So you haven't binged watched anything like this. See, we're you and I are we're different than most people. I haven't binge watched anything either. There's a couple of things I want to watch, but I just for the most part I've kind of kept it normal life and just kept busy in my own way. Haven't okay, binged. let me. You haven't binged I, on one thing. Yeah, I'm glad you brought this up because I, I, I've been wanting to ask you this. So, say a day, and you have plenty of these over the course of your normal life. A day where you you're in right. the hotel 
and you got to go to the ballpark at four o'clock, but you don't got nothing before that. You might have emails or obviously you got to, you know, do personal right. stuff, but you got no responsibilities till four o'clock when you're just chilling in that room. Are you a TV watcher or a movie watcher? Uh, I'm not a movie watcher. I'll, I'll put the TV on and you know, it's nerdy. I read like I'll, I'll read the athletic. I'll read about, I'll, I'll have a book that I'll read a little bit of. I'll have the TV on in the background. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, but I'm not really, a. am I don't know if this. I don't know when this happened, but I really barely, rarely watch TV. The TV is rarely on in my house during the day. Uh, it, like it's just I don't. I don't know if it's because it just has. I've never really watched TV during the day, and I hear there's some great stuff on ESPN and FS1 during the mornings. But like, I literally don't. Uh, so I watch TV at night. Like I watch TV shows with my wife. I watch sports. So I mean, there's shows that I want to watch. Like I got to hit the CFO or CPO. Or whatever the hell we call him, CEO. He ain't got no job. He ain't working either. But I got to get his HBO Go <laughs> channel so I can catch up on Curb Your Enthusiasm. That's the only thing that I want to watch right now is Curb Your Enthusiasm. And now I know the season I think is over, so I'll binge Curb Your Enthusiasm sometime this week once I get once I get Springer uh, confirmed. Yeah. See, I'm the same way. I'm not a movie watcher because I have no attention span, and I Fine. will watch like just about anything except. If it's like zombies and werewolves, you know, I'll, I'm kind of the same yeah. way, like half-ass pay attention. And the things I kind of right. watch the most casually are like the cop shows, um, but they're all the same, <laughs> right? Like the plot line develops between, yeah, like the plot line develops between 907 and 915. At 922, the world's doomed. At 941, it changes. And at 951, the good guys start to win. Right, like every single one of them. I don't right, care for Chicago right. PD, SVU, NCIS. Yes. Like I yes. can name them all. Yeah, they're all the characters yes. are the same. The plot lines are the same. So, I mean, yeah. as far as like current TV, I would say Chicago PD is the only show that I watch. Honestly, um, it's just I've, I've I'm never the same watched, way. I watch sports. It. Never watch. I don't have a consistent schedule, and I've seen a lot of shows. I've had them on in the background, but there's not. Especially now in the DVD era, or the watch or, or the DVR era, right. the watch online era, it's not like Wednesday at nine I'm parked to watch the show. I watch it on my own time, right? So, right, um, right. And I'm really bad at sitting still. Period. So, uh, I know everybody's buzzing about this Tiger King show on Netflix. I do have a Netflix password yeah. that is on my list, um, but something else is going to have to be because there's nothing too. else that I'm like. Man, like I'm gonna catch up on this. I, I just don't know from the start because I don't do that. I watch Horizon League basketball all winter. Right. Well, that was like in our text messages. Somebody was hyping up WrestleMania 30 was on last night, and literally not being a smart aleck, not being a smart ass at all. I was like, dude, you can turn on WrestleMania 50, WrestleMania 5, and it would all be the same to me. Like it would, like, it would be nothing new, nothing different to me at all. It would be no difference. Um, I will give credit to NASCAR. The uh, iRacing thing that they did on FS1 yesterday, I obviously wasn't the real thing. Um, but I tell you what, man, uh, we're bait on competition and watching competition so much in America that I caught myself for like 30 minutes watching dudes play video games. Like, an actual, it was, like, it was cool for a minute. Then I heard one of the racers go, man, this is the closest thing to actually racing. And I thought to myself, you better not say that out loud, man. This thing is going to get over. They're going to have dudes in video games taking your job. <laughs> you know, I heard about it. And that's just what goes. I had followed it. Um, but, yeah, I didn't I didn't see the actual race because yesterday that's the time we went for a walk. So I, I didn't right. see that. But 
listen, next time they do it, I'm in because it's the only damn thing that's on. Right, right. Oh, it's going to be on this Sunday, dog, I think. I think they're going to do another one from Texas. Oh, the race is supposed to be in Texas this coming week. I'm glad you just said that, though. The one thing that – the one positive that's come out of this, um, not only for my family or for yours or for whoever else, is that uh, we are all getting out. You know, it's crazy. Uh, I've seen more neighbors, and obviously I've been home a lot, but I've seen more neighbors out walking their dogs or kids, riding bikes with their kids um, than ever before. Um, I think we've gone to parks around. That's the other thing. And and I and shame on me for this. Um, it's taken this week, week and a half to realize how many nice metro parks there are not that far from you. Like you can get in your car, and for me at least, I can get my car and drive 15 miles, north, 15 minutes north, south, east, west. And there are there are great parks to walk in, to run in, to uh, to just to navigate. And um, it's unfortunate that it takes something like this to realize all the great metro parks and all the different places we have. Um, I hope people are taking advantage of that and taking advantage of that moment. But also, I hope when we bounce out of this, that we all remember um, there's nothing wrong with going to you know and supporting you. And I sound like Anthony Coach Borman right now. Um, next thing you know, I'll be answering and taking pictures of them at waterfalls. <laughs> Uh, shout out to Coach Borman. You're the best. If you need to throw some uh, need to throw some grounders or something, you can come by the house. AJ, I'll take them. Uh, <laughs> um, but it, we do have some very cool places around here, and I hope everybody's taking advantage of them. And in this weird way, like I said, like we ride our, I ride my bikes with the kids now. We, we, that's one of our workouts per day, along with our 25, 25, 25s. And it's amazing how many people you see. Like yesterday, as we were riding our bikes by um, the people that live behind us, the dad and I just started chuckling, and he was like, ah, he goes, you guys are on your, on your, you know, you're on your walk, on your bike ride. And I was like, yeah, and he's like, we'll see you later. I, it's just a weird thing that's happening during social distancing that I hope that we continue. Um, one way or the other, we're eating three meals at this house. We're going to work out. I ain't coming out of this fat. I may be uglier, but I ain't getting fatter. <laughs> uh, well, God bless you for that. Um, so right to my left, I got elderly neighbors. And I got to say, it's been cool to see people coming over, checking up on them, bringing them stuff behind me. I got some real young neighbors and I've seen people coming in their house to do laundry and coming over to help them with stuff. And that's cool. Um, my neighbors to my right, Dre, the other day, they must have done a deep clean of their house because I told them the pile of trash they had sitting on the curb on trash day. I said it shouldn't have gone to the dump. It should have wow. gone to the museum. This thing was so impressive. So... Um, <laughs> It's like, you know, you got to have stuff to do, right? Like, even I'm to the point where I'm about to clean right. up my car. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, that's really, um, that's gonna take. That's going to take a while. <laughs> Trust me on that, people. He may, so we here's may a, funny, here's a funny thing. For a week. So, because when you cover the Browns, the offseason is the season every damn year. It was like, honestly, the end of January before I got around to sitting with my you know, a normal Browns road trip is only two days. So I'm usually just taking one carry-on bag in my backpack with my computers that I take in the stadium. They basically take everywhere I ever go if you've ever seen me out in public. I've probably had that backpack on me, right? So right. finally, like the end of January after the Senior Bowl, I had a couple of days where all the hiring and everything was, you know, done. And I was going to clean things out and just make sure. Because you never know what receipts are left. I mean, with me, you just you just never know what might be in there. Right, like I right. have enough loose change. He ain't take... lying, y'all. <laughs> yeah, 
I had enough loose change to take to the bank and, you know, turn into $40. But one of the things is I was cleaning out my backpack. I had a Canadian dollar in there, like a paper dollar. I haven't been to Canada since 2002, but somehow I had a Canadian oh dollar. Oh, my God. My oh, my God. I believe so, this, too. This is the, this is the most honest story you guys are getting to <laughs> Oh, my God. I believe it. <laughs> yeah, if you ever need so anything funny. from me and you call up and say, Can you look for it? and I call back and say, I didn't find it, that doesn't mean I don't have it. It just means I need to look a little deeper than I did the first time. Right. Yeah. If, I'm telling you, I take pictures in the back of his car whenever I see his car just because I want people to understand that I'm not making it up and being mean. He literally has everything from the. The, since he left OU, it's something in the back of the car, and he ain't been driving that car since OU. Because if you know anything about this podcast, and you dig deep enough in this podcast, you know he killed a car in Dublin like eight years ago. <laughs> I did. I did. There was a funeral and everything. <laughs> there, we, we definitely needed a funeral for it. All right. Uh, I was reading The Athletic. Let me, let's, let's do it. We can do a little sports. And I still – I mentioned this last podcast. I'll say it again. I know you said this two podcasts ago. Um the whole NFL doing doing what they did last week, it didn't feel right to me at first. Um, it's still at moments and times didn't feel right. But by, by Sunday, by yesterday, I was glad that we did have a distraction. Um, I'll tip my hat to you that you did say that it would be a distraction during these crazy times. Um, and it has been. Now, in saying all of that, it still has been a little bit weird. But last night before I went to bed, before I passed out, I read uh, one of my – a writer from Oakland that I've enjoyed writing or reading, even though sometimes he can go left of center. And he, like us, hasn't had a lot of time to do much else. And the first thing he wrote about after Emmanuel Sanders left, he basically, I think Thompson is the guy I'm talking about that I read, but he basically started his Sunday article with saying that the San Francisco 49ers, I believe had the last or second to last pick in the first round of the 2020 draft. And he feels from the San Francisco perspective, he would have no problem with the 49ers trading their first pick in the draft, um, their first round pick, excuse me, because they have a higher pick now because they think they got Minneapolis for DeForest Buckner, right? Mm-hmm. And they make that, it wasn't that the trade they made for like the 13th pick, I believe. Um, but he has no problem with the 49ers using their second first round pick and sending it to the Cleveland Browns for Odell Beckham Jr. I will ask you, as a man that's reported on the Browns and watched many of the trades, uh, go down in the Cleveland Browns uh, era since 99 is the first round pick from the San Francisco 49ers enough for one Odell Beckham Jr. That ain't real. Cause if they offered 31, he, his bags would be packed. They would absolutely 31 is all you need for that guy. 31 is all you need for that guy. When you started talking Bay area, I thought you were talking about the Raiders having three third rounders. And that's, that's more like, yeah. Yes. yes. That's what I figured. That's what I figured. So, so, what, all right. Remind me, and I'm just I'm doing this for for absolutely purposes of this podcast. Remind me of what Beckham was traded to Cleveland for for Peppers seventeen. Just remind me of the trade if you can for pick okay. seventeen for Peppers and for a third rounder. And then also there was a pick swap that benefited the Browns in the Zeitler Vernon trade, and that was negated. So it just be it would it became okay. Peppers. 17 and a third rounder. Pepper 17 and a third rounder. So first round will be too much. The 49ers will be paying for giving two. Like, I guess what I'm getting at with this, and I'm glad you I mean, I didn't know what your answer was. I had an idea. But And Beckham still, to this point, has not had a great year since 2016. 
Um, he did start 15 games last year. That was great and everything else. Um, but the numbers weren't very spectacular. And it's the question is, and I'm, I'm not, and this isn't the bang on Odell Beckham Jr. podcast, but it does make you reconsider who and what you really have in my book for what you're paying. Because if you can't, if he's not a first round talent, and it goes back to the conversation we had about last week about um, who's, oh, about Hopkins. Um, yeah. At one point in time, we said Hopkins and, and Odell were in the same, were in the same group, right? Mm-hmm. They're not there anymore. Is he in the same group as a kid that got moved from Minnesota to the to Buffalo? Yeah. I, well, listen, I, I'm not trying to bang on Odell either. I, I want to be clear about that. Um, I just let me say this: he hasn't had a big year in those years. You're exactly right about that. He played hurt last year, even though he's had the surgery. Um, there's always a little bit of drama that comes with him and you got to pay yeah. him $14 million. That's the thing, you know, like, right. Right. I, right. On the surface, right. If we're trying to win a game tomorrow, it for a team like the Niners is 31 for Odell Beckham fair. Yes. But the, the deeper you dig, I just don't think they have to give that pick up. I just think they, right. the, they're obviously a smart organization. The way they play, they don't need that guy. Right. I just, I, I think that that, that pick is much better served on that organization getting deeper on the lines or adding another potential player that, to keep their pipeline rolling. And then later drafting a receiver who's 21 or 22 and they control for four years. I just think yeah. $800,000, right? I just think when you have to right, add right. the cost and you have to add the reality. And I'm not saying it's just a three. It could be a three in a future five. It could be a three in a linebacker. But I just don't think right now that they're getting value for Odell Beckham, and I think that's part of the. Now, listen, he might score touchdowns, and that's and that's part of it too. And the Niners eventually could say he could score touchdowns for us. But the way they play offense, and they have George Kittle, and they have Debo Samuel, and they're going to play nine right. running backs, the price that they would realistically <laughs> give up for Odell Beckham, I don't think is in the zip code of thirty-one. Yeah, yeah. I, all right, the fight from San Francisco's point of view, and sometimes it's better to have conversations like this looking to the other prism, right? Not just your prism. Their prism is this, and this is from the reporter, um, is that, yes, they got Debo Samuel, who's got a chance to be a stud. They've got Kittle, as you just talked about, as a stud. They've got the nine running backs, and they've got the offense that we all know and we've all watched here and Atlanta um, and now in San Fran be positive. They have a quarterback that they think is a top-ten quarterback, didn't make a top-ten throw when it mattered most in the biggest game of the season. But, hey, that happens. The guy's, the guy's relatively young, and he got you there. The question that they have is, can they use their 12th or 31st pick and find a receiver that complements Debo Samuel, keeps people from doubling Kittles, and keeps Kittle active, and makes the offense go? Or do you just say, you know what, we're going to give up the 13th or 31st pick, and we're going to get an established receiver that makes this offense click, and we don't have to worry about it? I guess what happens is when you look into the mirror – do you have the right personnel up top in your organization to find the receiver that fits a receiver that can come in and be mature enough as a 21, 22 year old for $800,000, as you said, and make this because they really are. It sounds like we were talking about the Browns last year a little bit, but offensively you would like to think, now I don't know everything about their offensive line, but you would like to think that with the 49ers offensively, they should be the right player or two away from being a pretty explosive offense, right? At 13, they can either get the first or second best receiver in this draft or the first or second best defensive tackle in this draft to replace DeForest Buckner. 
yeah. right? Like, right. They they can. Um, they could get anybody they wanted in the secondary, probably. Uh, they do have a weakness at corner, and then at thirty one. You know they they have traded away most of their middle round picks, so a lot of people think they're going to trade down in at least one of those cases. But I just think right. cost, value, evaluation, however you want to say it, I, I, giving up thirty one for Beckham. I mean they're not a receiver away. You know they they were a play away from winning the Super right. Bowl. Um, you never have the same team, right? But I just I, I just don't think sitting in that room those guys or any guys would say for that team that that's the piece away they are from, from winning. That. I think they're trying to win four Super Bowls, right? And I think right. yeah. they gave up a three and a four to rent Emmanuel Sanders, and he, he helped them. He is a different kind of receiver than Beckham. He They're both ultra productive. They're both talented. And I think Emmanuel Sanders found a great fit in San Francisco. Uh, I mean, yes, in New did. Orleans, excuse me. I just think between the draft and other options – I just I could not believe that they would give up 31, and if they called, I think the Browns would say, "Where do we sign the papers? Can we do this today?" Yeah, what's the biggest Browns need as we stand right now in your mind? Uh, well, obviously, left tackle stands out if you had to play a game right now, um, but it's just it's yeah. adding to that. It's adding to that front seven to me, and specifically at linebacker. Um, you just they don't they don't appear to value linebacker, or maybe they'll surprise me and draft two of them. You know, then you're going to have young guys and and Goodson as the tutor. You can you know you can still be involved in later waves, but right now, uh, obviously, if you're going to play a game, you'd have Kendall Lamb at left tackle, and you would have B.J. Goodson and Mac Wilson as your starting linebackers. What about uh, Taki Taki? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I listen, like I'm not that. I'm not writing anybody <laughs> off because it, this is a hard hard league, um, and there's lots of stories of rookies having a lost year or being behind and then they come out. But um, like at safety, for example, I think last year, the only reason red wine makes the team coming out of camp is because he's a fourth round pick and like Taki had some injuries, right. Right. but this was a five-year college player. Like he should have been, he sh- we should have seen more. So we'll see what his fit is. Absolutely. Um, and this is what happens weird because he was behind two veteran linebackers. He yeah. was asked to do special teams. Yeah. There's a lot to it last year, but you're, this is a big year for him. Yeah, this is a this is a big year for him, um, no doubt. And listen, like over the course of of a four year contract and of a uh, a team, a franchise trying to build something, it's okay if a guy plays 25 percent of the time and plays on special teams and becomes an important part of your team, right? But like right. when right. you're trying to turn the corner and you're spending to fill holes you would like a third round pick in a second year to not only be a starter, but to be a plus player for you. And I, I don't know. I'm not Murray. saying he's not. I'm just saying I, I haven't seen that he will be. I got you. I got you. All right. Um, this weekend would have been the first weekend of the tournament. And we've both gone out of our way to not make this about us. Uh, to not make this. Our lives are really good. We're lucky. We're blessed more so than a lot of others that are going through some tougher times. But and I'm I'm speaking for you. I don't I don't need to speak for myself. This is probably your favorite time of the year um, with college basketball, um, and this is one of the weekends why it's one of the best times of the year. Um, we obviously missed it. Kudos. I tip my hat to CBS um, and all of the networks that are trying. I know that I've been in meetings with SEO and Fox Sports, and we're trying to figure out you know Fox Sports Ohio. 
we're trying to find out ways to get programming, new programming or different programming while this time is going. Uh, I tip my cap to the, to the networks that are playing old games, hopefully for you young whippersnappers that think you know everything. Um, it's got to be fun for you guys to see Michael Jordan at 18 playing a game and just some of the, the, the Kentucky um, game, the Kentucky-Duke game that they showed a couple of days ago is an all-time classic, one of those classics where you remember exactly where you were when Christian Leitner caught that pass and turned and hit the 15-footer to win the game. I remember where I was at. Um, kudos to them and tip of the cap for them at least trying to do that to keep the, the flavor uh, there for us, to get nostalgia with us. And hopefully you got fathers and sons and grandfathers uh, or what, and their dads or sons or whatever else able to watch and have those moments. Is it like watching the real thing? Absolutely no. Um, but I know you wanted to go over maybe some of your favorite uh, NCAA tournament games or moments or players. All right. So, yeah, let's let's call this our American Fireworks Glory Days segment. Um, and you, you said it, Dre. The Leitner shot, 1992. It's a where I was moment in my life. What, what that says about me, I don't know. <laughs> you can debate it in other platforms <laughs> or you can move on. That's fine. But that's absolutely to this day. When, I, when that is brought up on YouTube, on social media, on TV, uh, in conversation with some of the people that I was with when I was in sixth grade, right, uh, when that shot happened, right. that is absolutely the one when you say NCAA tournament, that is the moment for me. Yeah, I was, uh, I was, I remember who I was with. I was in eighth grade at Litchfield, and there's some names on this team. Uh, one of the guys played basketball at Florida State. Adrian Crawford, whose dad was the basketball coach at Akron. Uh, we were together during that game. Uh, Michael Considine, who's a big name in, in hospitals down here in Akron, has his own beverage company now. We were all down um, in Columbus, near the Columbus area. What's the small capital? We were down, we were on a farm, and we were all playing, doing, doing like paintball, but it was all for our basketball team. And we went inside from this bar. We were all like on these, on these acres and acres of, of land, and we went in and watched that game. Um, and obviously we were in eighth grade. So, you know, we were drinking high C and, and drinking pop and popcorn, but it was the best time ever. And I'll never, I was like that, that, that will go down as one of the best basketball sports moments of my entire life. And I remember it, the whole crew of guys I was with, because it was my eighth grade basketball team that I was with at the time. Yeah. I, I knew Adrian a little bit. He's a pastor or something now, right? He's a pastor. He's a pastor down in Tallahassee. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, what a what a weird the thing is and, and and this is just sports and this is what you tell your kids. Adrian and I knew each other. Um, hell, we knew each other from probably we were like sixth grade, uh, from fourth grade on. And they used to live right there by, by Wallhaven. Um, and when his dad was was coaching, his dad coached under Bobby Huggins. Yeah, like that's how I got to know Bobby Huggins when I was young. My first basketball camp um, that I worked for Akron was Bobby Huggins was the head coach. I learned motherfucker could be a verb, noun, and a pronoun <laughs> all in one day. <laughs> a pastor and a podcaster, and you're both full of shit. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Whether that's fair or not, I said it, okay? <laughs> but yes, Ader is now a... Um, He's now a pastor down in Tallahassee after he followed his dad. I want to say he played at Tulsa for a little while. Then he went to he Florida did. He played State at Tulsa, Florida State. Um, all I can tell yeah. you about but the Coleman Crawford guy. zips, you know, I was a little kid. And so I would go to their camps and I would go to their games. And 
you know, even though I had no ability and no work ethic to match it from a basketball standpoint, you know, that was the dream to be a zip, right? Because that, that's who we went right. to. They played right. in the Mid-Continent Conference at the time. I mean, I could go on yep. and on. Yep. But um, you guys have heard me talk on the on this podcast before about the Adamson family and kind of being my second family. And that's actually how Dre and I, one of the main links that we have right. back to our high school days and how we know a lot of the same people because Rob went to St. V for a couple of years uh, before coming back home to Manchester. But anyway, um, during that time, Mr. Adamson acquired front row, very center season tickets to the Akron Zips. And um, so I not only spent a lot of time there and in the years that followed, but I can tell you how he did that. Um, he's a defense attorney. So you can do your own math on right. how he became so important to the <laughs> program. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there's something I would joy. I would add to that, but I'm not giving you any more. I'm not giving you any more joy out of that one because I had a defense lawyer that was really pretty close to my life too growing up. Uh, and we'll leave it at that before we get somebody in trouble that doesn't deserve to be in trouble. Hey, another one I got to bring up: NCAA tournament. Um, I think this was hell. It was 17. Probably no, it was 18 years ago. Carmelo, is it 03? Carmelo's here at Syracuse. 03. He was 18 years old. Oh three, and I and like and we knew who Carmelo was obviously because of LeBron and playing against them, and you kind of had this curiosity about him because it was still LeBron's senior year because he was a year ahead of him, right? Yeah, he was a year ahead of him, and you saw him go to Syracuse, and that's when the Big East still had some some had some oomph to it, and I look, we can go through freshmen and the impact freshmen have had, but there are not many that had a better impact in one year than what. And I want to say he went for maybe in the final four, he went for like 33 and 10. Like he was like, Mello was like, I think it's hard now 20 years later to look at Mello and then watch what he did with Portland this year. But man, 15 years ago, I thought Mello was one of the the smoothest, most pure scorers of all time. And the run he had at Syracuse, that was one of the, like it was must-see TV. Every time Syracuse played in that tournament, it was must-see TV. And he was was 18 years old and it was fun to watch. It was absolutely magic. Um, what's funny, the other night, a buddy of mine were sitting around his garage drinking because what the hell else do we have to do, right? And we were talking right. about kind of this, and we were naming the champions from the years. And and I know a lot of them, but I without sometimes I lose track of the years, right? And right. as we were doing the math, I was off one year on Florida's run in the mid-2000s, and so that kind of screwed everything up. But that's what he brought up. We're like, okay, oh, 03, and he's like, well, that was mellow. Like, that was unforgettable. You know, it was up there right. with Kemba, which was eight years later. And um, if you remember the old I, – I hate to be off my lawn or never be as good again, but, guys, the old Big East tournament, when the Big East was what it was. Oh. It's, it's, oh. It doesn't get better. It, it was doesn't. better than the tournament. Zach, that was better than the tournament. Yes. The Big East tournament, when it was, when it was rolling, rolling, I mean, when St. John's were pro- pro- Providence, like you just like every like the eight seven game was like it was better than the real tournament. It really was. And the Kemba run, there was nothing like the Kemba run at UConn. That was disgusting. He was crossing over bigs, smalls, hitting game winning shots. Didn't they have? Did they have the four overtime game or the five overtime? I yes, think somebody just showed that game. Yes, and they all all the guys fouled out, and Kemba just kept balling. Yes. Yes. Yeah. All right, I'm bringing yeah. that up right now because we're going to get this right. This is how good it was. The 2011 Big East Tournament, okay? 
the four seed Pitt, the five seed Notre Dame, Syracuse, the 12 seed, Louisville. Four, oh, no, 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 no. These are not the seed. This is how they were ranked. These are all Big East teams. Excuse me. Pitt was number four in the country. Notre Dame, five. Syracuse, 12. Louisville, 14. St. John's, 18. Cincinnati, West Virginia ranked 22nd. Georgetown, UConn ranked 10th. Villanova, Marquette, Seton Hall, Rutgers, Providence, South Florida, and DePaul. Wow. Two shitty wow. programs out of the whole deal. Wow. Incredible. Wow. Incredible. Yes. It was incredible. <laughs> and if you're looking for something to watch, if you're looking for the Benz or something, and if you can, I have a bunch of these. You can look them up on YouTube. ESPN, 30 for 30 on the Big East. Um, the Big East came together, and, and I won't give it away, but I'll give it two seconds. I'll make it short. I think it's one of the best 30-30s to watch because it kind of shows how sports transforms itself, college sports especially, with cable TV, cable network TV. Um, I don't know if you remember this, if you're old enough. and It's not like I'm that much older. But Big East basketball used to be on USA Network. Do you remember that? Now that like you long see that. Time ago. Yeah, long, like when Jim Carne, when, when Carneseca was wearing the sweaters for St. John's. Well, right, this John's is before we had eight ESPNs and nine Fox Sports channels. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Now, what ended up happening, and I don't remember have all the structure of it, but you've got to watch this 30 for 30, and this is the time to do it. This 30 for 30 basically comes together where all the, the, the Big East guys kind of came together. And like we got Dave Nevitt. And remember that name sound right? Gavitt? Dave Nevitt, Gavitt, whatever. Yes. The, the, Gavitt, yes. They all came together, and they were like, man, we, to get this TV deal, we got to get ESPN or somebody you know, to, make, to make this league legit. And they brought in a couple others. So basically, the Big East teams, and they were all kind of like church school. Like, they all were like small church schools. They all came together to get their own TV network, TV network or whatever else. And then it all broke up because of what? Cable TV money and college football money. Because college football money was better. Half the schools in the Big East did not have football teams. You start thinking, I mean, Georgetown and those teams, they have football teams, but they're not D1. So that's where you had UConn and other teams basically screw up the Big East because they no longer could make the money they were making TV-wise because they didn't have football teams. But the Big East became this power because of ESPN, and the Big East fell apart because of ESPN. Right, right. No, that – I mean, you just think about those programs. Um, just just incredible. We could keep going on glory days here. Um, we're going to get out of here because we're going to do more podcasts this week. Um, just as an example – if you guys have listened before, my mom is the greatest person ever. How me and Brody turned out the way we did, I don't know. But one thing she did is she paid her hairstylist for her next haircut already, uh, paying it forward, thinking that that person could use it. Um, just little <laughs> things to do. And again, if you have ideas, if you have organizations, people, groups in need, if you have, we're, we want to promote everything, you know, not just our sponsors and not just our friends. We have a platform. We thank you guys for listening. Um, we, we, we think probably more of you are listening at least more consistently than ever because you're doing the same thing we're doing, which is a whole bunch of nothing, looking for something, some white noise, some white and black noise here, some entertainment, um, some bullshit. We got it all. (laughs) We can talk it all. Um, and we are, you know, however small our platform may be, we want to share. So please get those in, um, you know, support our sponsors, support the ones you love, support people that need it right now. So Got to make some good come of this, uh, other than us playing Glory Days and getting all excited uh, and all that stuff. But we're glad to do it. And, um, you know, we'll have some more sports to talk about, some other things to talk about, keep those ideas coming. 
Um, I, I, I was driving this morning because I just go for a drive because I need to get the hell out of the house. And I cooked up some idea right. that I'm going to throw out in the next podcast. And I might be full of shit or I might be onto something. So, uh, Dre, what do you got to finish up here? We'll figure it out. No, everything you said. Appreciate everything. Uh, taking the time out. Making us a part of this time for you. Think about your families. Take care of each other. Uh, I do like the fast food uh, thing that was sent out to us a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. There's some other things that we can talk about as well as we go forward. Um, but I appreciate you guys looking out and making yourselves uh, a part of this. Hopefully we're helping you get through 45 minutes an hour, whether it's a workout, whether it's a walk in your park, or whether it's sitting around trying to figure out what to do with your kids next. Uh, we know what it feels like, and we got your back. If you want to borrow a Sega game, hit me up. I'll charge you by the hour. Talk to you soon. <laughs>